Welcome to Photo Taco, the only show with photography tips you can learn in the time it takes to eat a taco. Or perhaps a burrito. Photo Taco! Hey everybody, welcome into another episode of Photo Taco on the Improved Photography Network. Thanks for spending a few minutes of your day with me. I'm your host, Jeff Harmon, and I'd like to thank everyone who's joined our Facebook group, facebook.com slash group slash photo taco. If you aren't in the group, you're missing out on more than half of this podcast. Lots of people are over there in the group. We're all helping each other out. I also want to tell you that the winner of the free portfolio review for sharing the show will be announced next episode because there's still a couple of days left to enter the contest as we record this podcast. You may have noticed I said we there. That's because for the first time, I have a guest with me on the podcast. I'm excited to have Victoria Bampton. Did I say your name right there, Victoria? You did. Very good. Uh, okay. I, I, she's here with me on the episode. She is known in the Adobe forums as the Lightroom Queen. Victoria, why don't you take just a few minutes with us and tell us about yourself, introduce uh, what you do, how you became a Lightroom Queen, your website, books, whatever you want to share. Yep, no problem. So my father was a professional photographer, so I grew up in the business. Um, I worked with him for years and then I set up a business doing raw editing for other wedding photographers because they're all facing the same kind of problems. And about that same time, Lightroom was released as a public beta and I jumped in with both feet because I've always loved in, um, learning new software. And it looked like it was going to become really useful. And I was spending a lot of time on the forums helping other people and that's where I was given the nickname the Lightroom Queen which kind of stuck um, and people kept suggesting I compile all of the frequently asked questions into a book and eventually I got on and did so and it's it's grown from there so on the website there's a load of free articles there's a free ebook as well as my main books um, yeah so come and check it out at www.lightroomqueen.com awesome yeah, it's a, it's a really good resource. I, I check it out pretty much daily. <laughs> I go over there. Uh, I, I'm in the Adobe forums and in, in your forums over there at Lightroom Queen pretty much every day to try to gather whatever ever information I can. So one of the things, Victoria, so since you don't know, I'm sure you're not that familiar with the podcast. One of the things I do in this podcast and in the Improved Photography podcast is I provide advice to photographers so that they don't have to go watch those forums all the time. So I, I go in there and I say, oh, wow, this this new release, that's especially recently, this new release from Adobe's had some challenges. I'd stay away for a little bit. <laughs> Let them see if they can figure this out. Don't don't bog your business down with with problems that maybe come from this this latest release. Although the very last one was was much improved and better. So so I really appreciate that resource and I love the book. The Adobe Lightroom CC6, The Missing Fact Book. I uh, bought it a while back and uh, it was really helpful to be able to go through that. I learned a lot about Photoshop, or sorry, Lightroom from, uh, from your site. So really helpful. Um, so excited to have you on the show and be able to talk some Lightroom. Oh, brilliant. I'm really pleased. Okay, so let's get to the part of the show that actually everyone's here to listen to. <laughs> let's talk about Lightroom. Yes. We, ha we had a lot of questions that came in on our Facebook group, and Victoria actually just joined our Facebook group this morning. So that's, I did. that's exciting. I, I found it for the first time. Yes, that's great. It's really exciting. So, so that'll be fun to have Victoria kind of peruse around a little bit in the group. I'm sure she won't be in there as often as, as uh, I am, but... It's, it's fun to have you there. Okay, so the first thing that some, of course, performance is the first thing that people want to talk about with Lightroom. Yes. So, so I'd like to give you a chance to just kind of offer your top couple of tips for getting the most performance out of Lightroom. 
Okay, so so the first one has to be you need decent specification hardware. Lightroom will run on the minif- minimum spec, but it's not going to run very well. So so having a decent processor and a decent amount of RAM makes a, makes a significant difference. But apart from that, there are things like deciding what you're actually going to do with the photographs because where, whether you're going to be working mainly in the library module or in the develop module, there are different previews used in each area. So if you're going to be zooming in on every photo in the library module, you want to render one-to-one size previews in advance. That's, that will save you having to sit and wait for it to load each picture as you flick from one picture to the next. If you don't need to zoom in, you don't need them that big. You just need standard size previews. But those standard size previews and one-to-one previews don't help at all in the develop module. In the develop module, Lightroom's working off of the raw data. Um, so you can help it out a little bit by using the smart previews, building smart previews in advance, and then taking the originals offline. If you really need speed moving from one picture to the next to the next in the develop module, which is important for high volume photographers, then that can be a trick that can make quite a difference. Right. Yeah, that was one of the things that I, I kind of stumbled across, actually. I hadn't seen anyone recommend that. And I think by accident, I happened to like rename a folder and the access to the original RAWs went away. And wow, did things speed up a lot. <laughs> Lightroom yeah. had the smart previews built and uh, and it went so much better. So I put together, that was actually a, a Photo Taco podcast episode a little bit ago was that suggestion to go and do that. If you're going to be using the develop module to do a lot of culling, I prefer that view myself instead of the library module. And, uh, and so that was really super helpful. When Going back to the hardware stuff, you said having some RAM. How much RAM? What's kind of the, the, the place where I know the minimums are said what they are in Adobe from Adobe, but what's the, like, the practical limit? If, if I was buying a machine today, I wouldn't buy it with less than 16 gig of RAM. Yeah. Um, it will run on eight. I've got a laptop with eight gig in it and it runs, but it runs a little bit more slowly and it tends to get a bit more bogged down if I'm trying to do anything else at the same time. Uh, so 16 gig would be my minimum. There isn't a massive benefit at this point in time to going to 32. My iMac has got 32 in and I never get close to maxing it out. So 16 ish seems to be the sweet spot. Okay. And then the other thing that, that I've really noticed made a difference was when I went to an SSD for, yes. for storing the photos. Um, is that something that you'd, you'd highly recommend? What's kind of the workflow, especially if we had a lot of Mac users, um, what's the workflow you'd suggest for achieving that? I wouldn't necessarily spend the money to put all of the photos on the SSD, particularly if you're using smart previews and having the originals offline. You're not going to see a major benefit there. But particularly having the catalog on the SSD does make a difference. It can it can access it a lot quicker. And obviously the pre, the previews were also stored next to the catalog, so they would also be on there. Um, the thing to bear in mind is obviously they can grow quite large, so you could end up taking up an awful lot of space if you've only got a small SSD. Yeah. Do you recommend purging any of that those cached files, the previews, any of that kind of data out of the catalog? Not unless you're desperately low on drive space, because Lightroom's going to have to rebuild them all over again otherwise, and you're just wasting extra time. Right. Okay. The other thing... Yeah, go go ahead. I was going to say, the other thing that's causing loads of confusion is the new GPU feature. Uh, 
the new performance checkbox in in the preferences the it was built primarily for people using 4k and 5k monitors so a lot of people with lower end um gpus uh, graphics cards won't actually see a benefit they're actually better off leaving it turned off the people who will start to see a benefit are on really high resolution monitors there it's really valuable Okay, good. Yeah, I hadn't actually heard that distinction yet about 4K and 5K monitors. So that makes a lot of sense. I've been telling everyone just turn it off. <laughs> <laughs> if I turn if I turned it off on my iMac, I would be crawling along. It becomes painfully slow. But on on a laptop or something with a smaller monitor, uh, then it's then it's worth turning it off. Do you think that's something that Adobe's working to make even more powerful, make a bigger part of Lightroom would be that graphics processing? Yeah, I'm sure it will do in time. Yeah, I sure hope so, because it seems like a, an untapped resource at this point for the, the people with smaller displays than 4 and 5K uh, yeah. to get there. So, okay. All right, let's 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 go on to the next question. Okay. The, the next one was a question that, I, and this one I hear a lot of too in the, in the uh, Facebook group. They talk about this one a ton. The ability to sync a single catalog between two or more computers. They want to be able to do group photo editing, maybe a, a studio or a, a small business where there's a, at least two people that are part of the small business. They want to be able to edit all of their photos together, see the edits from each other. And there's just not a great way to do that, is there? Not really. If, if it's one person trying to use it on multiple, cat, uh, multiple computers, the easiest way is literally just to put the catalog and all of the photos on an external drive and plug it into whichever computer you're using at the time. That's that's the simple option. Um, if you're trying to use it between multiple people, no, there's not a fantastically easy way of doing it. If they're both trying to do the same kind of thing. If one person is actually needing the whole uh, strength of Lightroom and the other person could get, get away with using the Lightroom web interface to be able to star photos and to be able to make some very simple edits, then using the CC Sync and one person opening Lightroom in their web browser is the other option. Okay. I'd love to see Adobe work on this one. Um, yes. <laughs> because I do see it so frequently where people request it. And I know the technology that Lightroom is built on is capable. I've been in, I'm a developer, so I've been in and out of SQLite con uh, a lot. Done a lot of testing with it. I've been able to kind of determine uh, how flexible uh, that database is. I know it supports multi-user to be able to get there. So it just seems like it's it's something Adobe needs to decide to do. That's all that's preventing yeah. it from getting there. Yeah, they did some testing a while back and they were able to corrupt the catalog oh, just yeah. by just by the network connection dropping at exactly the wrong moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so yeah, there's been some hesitation there and that there are some hacks on the web that, that I don't tend to recommend. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> But that said, looking at the way they're going with all of the mobile syncing and the website now, I would think they will probably go down the route of syncing over uh, the internet right. right? and being able to sync it that way. Yep, that would be a very cool feature. Maybe a, a Lightroom 7 sort of thing. That would be awesome. Yes, we can dream. Yes, we can. Okay, next question. Besides the library and develop modules, what would you say is the next most important module of Lightroom to learn? I would say mainly, unless you actually need to use the other modules for something specific, I would focus that time on really learning the library module and develop module properly. 
because people tend to want to get onto the fun bits. But actually, the majority of the problems I see are from people who haven't learned how file management works and they end up in a mess. <laughs> so I would, I would still focus entirely on developing library modules first. Okay, so speaking of that then, the organizational aspects, which is mm. really kind of the focus of Lightroom in the first place, would be yes. organizing your photos. The, the editing stuff that's in there was, in my opinion, is as kind of a second thing. It's a really nice benefit that you can do a huge portion of your editing right there in Lightroom. But the organization is the point of the program, right? Well, I think it was a bit of both. I mean, the original plan was to make it the only program photographers actually needed so that they didn't right. have to be skipping out to lots of different programs. Um, so I would say it's probably a 50-50 split between the two. So, and the other the other modules are kind of the add-ons. So what what kind of... Do you, do you have some advice you can share briefly? I know this could be like a whole hour-long discussion itself, but briefly kind of some organizational tips the things maybe some some common mistakes that you see photographers make that you wish you could just tell everyone don't do this yeah um make sure you put the photos in the right place in the first place so in the import dialogue look at the destination panel and actually look at where the photos are going because so many people just kind of press the import button and hope for the best and then wonder where their pictures have gone later so actually go back and check in the destination panel you can see any folders it's going to create are in it in italic so you can see which where, where yeah, you can see exactly where the photos are going to end up right. um, that has to be the big one next don't start tidying up your computer outside of lightroom so <laughs> if if you need to move a folder outside of lightroom so if you're moving perhaps all of your photos to another drive it can actually be quicker to move them or copy them using explorer or finder and then relink them in lightroom but if you have to do that do it immediately because if you move them tidy up all over the place and then come back to try and find them later in lightroom you're going to have a real mess to try and untangle right so and, and victoria's got some really good articles out on her site lightroomqueen.com to that that talk about a lot of the issues we've already described uh, but in particular, I really liked your your articles out there about like moving photos from one computer to another. There's some really yeah. fantastic advice on how to do that. That seems to be where people finally realize their organization has put them in a bind, <laughs> especially <laughs> yes. when they finally run out of space. They have maybe a MacBook Pro with a 256 gig SSD drive in it that's so so small. They hit this wall of like my drive got full all of a sudden <laughs> it didn't even realize it was happening until the computer says hey there's no more space and uh, and now they have to figure out how to get like an external drive involved in their workflow and move the photos and then that's when you're like oh boy what have i done <laughs> where, yeah where are all my photos so that i can easily like move them from this drive to the external drive and free up some space on that hard drive so um yeah really good advice there to understand where the photos are at and it, even if you don't then the, kind of going through it into the library module and moving them using Lightroom out to the external drive is a way to be able to, to make that a little less painful not trying to go through like Windows Explorer or Finder to, yeah. to make that happen. Yeah that's absolutely right the one thing I would say with that is if you're moving a large number that way make sure that you don't hit the cancel button because once in a blue moon, we get reports of pictures having been deleted because uh, they tried to cancel them halfway through. So just remember that one. Oh, very good. So this, these are the little tips I was hoping for. <laughs> That's good. good. That's awesome. 
Okay, um, so the other module to me that uh, seemed the next most important was the print module. Mm-hmm. Um, and to be honest, I have not spent a whole lot of time there because I, in part because I found it a little confusing. It's, it's a little difficult for me to figure out what am I going to do this with. And, I'll, you know, I, I print through a lab, so it's, I'm always just exporting. I usually apply a printer profile to the export. That's how I get my photos printed is by doing that process. What is your recommendation on kind of getting familiar with the print module? Is it worth going and, and investing any time in the print module? The print module is useful if you're trying to print on site. So if you're trying to print to an inkjet printer that sat right next to you. Um, and it's also useful if you're wanting to do things like contact sheets or multiple photos on, on one page. But for the majority of Lightroom users, sending the pictures off to the lab just through the export dialogue is far, far simpler without having to get into the intricacies of the print module. So, yeah, it's it's not something everyone's going to need for sure. Yeah. Do you find any of the other modules very helpful? Um, if if someone's wanting to host their own website, I the Lightroom web module isn't actually that fantastic. There are some really <laughs> good, <laughs> to be to be absolutely honest, yeah. uh, there are some really good galleries by a company called The Turning Gate, and they use Lightroom's published services, and it's all still hosted on your own website, unlike sites like Zenfolio or SmugMug. Um, so that's that's kind of a better compromise. The web module has been a little bit neglected, I think, to be honest. Yeah. And they, they made some changes to the, the slideshow module uh, fairly recently, but it still feels like it's just not quite enough flexibility there to make a really nice slideshow given today's standards. There's lots of options to be able to, to do a better job with it than that. So that's why I went with the print module as being the Yeah, the yeah I'd agree with that. Okay, let's go now to Lightroom Mobile. And this is where I'm the most ignorant of, of all of Lightroom. <laughs> um, I've recently started to delve into it a little bit more. They've, they've really changed some more things like adding RAW. Um, although, boy, on mobile devices with such small storage space, that feels like it's, it's a challenge to me. Oh, it was fantastic. I went on holiday a few weeks ago and just took my iPad with me. And it was so nice not to have to lug a laptop around with me. So, yeah. yeah, describe then, I mean, it's a fairly new feature to have the, mm. the ability to do RAW. So describe kind of your workflow then about how it is that you're getting RAW onto your iPad to be able to use those in editing. Okay, so I'd get back at the end of the day and the memory card would slip into the little memory card reader that you can get from Apple, right. plug into the iPad, and the cam uh, the Photos app would import them into the iPad itself. And from there, you can then import them into Lightroom Mobile. And that's it. That's all you need to do is once they're into Lightroom Mobile, you can work with them just as if you shot them with your phone. They automatically upload to the cloud. And when I got home, they were ready waiting on my computer for me. So when you got home, did you move the RAW onto your computer and then sync so that the originals are on your computer too? Nope, I didn't need to do that because Lightroom had, Lightroom Mobile had uploaded the originals to the cloud, so they'd all downloaded quite happily down onto my computer. The only problem with that is you have to make sure you're in a hotel with a decent internet connection. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and those seem to be a little bit hard to come by. Right, yeah, that would be a challenge. Okay, so one of the complaints I hear most about Lightroom Mobile is the lack of ability to do keywording. 
Yes. I've been whinging about that one since the start as well. Yeah. Um, Adobe don't seem to think that people will do want, will want to do much metadata entry on their mobile devices, which may be true in yeah. reality when you actually try and do it. Um, with the advent of the iPad Pros where they've got the separate keyboard, it becomes much more viable. Right. Um, so I don't know. I'm, I'm still hopeful that they'll add something in the future. But I think if you look at the, have you looked at the tech preview on Lightroom Web where they're now doing image analysis, image analysis search? Yes, yes. It's, it's fantastic. It works surprisingly well. And I could see that coming to Lightroom Mobile and almost replacing the need for keywords. Right. Yeah. So it would just kind of, it, it wouldn't add keywords, I'd say, but, but uh, at least search capabilities where it's probably a separate category that the AI robots <laughs> that are part mm -hmm. of that, that whole uh, an analysis process would add some attributes to your photos. So then those are all searchable too, based on what the, the AI said is in the photos. Exactly. Yeah, that would be so, great. And if, if the AI can do that automatically, then there's less need to put keywords into Lightroom in the first place. Which would be a helpful, handy thing. Yes, that it would. would. That'd be good. Because I'm just as bad at every, as everyone else at actually getting around to keywording my photos. Right. Yeah. I, I tend to end up with keywords that um, don't apply to all the shots <laughs> across them. Yeah. So, okay. Um, here's another good one. This this is kind of a, a very specific thing, I think, but it's, it's worth asking the question about. Um, so we, we had a listener who was talking about that there's so many ways to help search in Lightroom. You, you have the metadata about the shot itself that came from the camera. You can add your keywording. There's all kinds of attributes and metadata to be able to search on. But the, the thing that he would find helpful in his workflow would be if he could find or search on things that were, um, were all of the photos he's exported. And didn't have, I should have followed up with them and, and asked some further questions, but I'm going to assume the reason that he wanted that was because he wants to be able to find his best photos. He wants to, and those are the ones that he's exported that if it's not a good photo, he wouldn't have exported it and wanted to share it or print it. And so he'd like to be able to search on those photos that he's exported because those are his best. What would be your recommendation on, on how to do that? If there is best, I would be questioning why they're not marked with a star rating or something like that. That would be a far simpler way of being able to find them. Um, it really would depend on exactly why he wanted to find the photos that he's, he's exported. There isn't a fantastically easy way of doing that. The plugins can't actually search the history as far as I know, and that's the only place it's stored. Um, so I would be looking at either maybe adding a colored label before he exports the photos or adding a star rating to show that they're his best pictures or something along those lines rather than having to rely on search for that. Okay, good. And, and for me, the thing that I've found really helpful, so I, I'm a huge fan of collections in Lightroom. Mm. I, I know not everyone is and, and people uh, often find them confusing and that's why they don't use them because they don't understand them. But um, I love collections. I use them a lot, very consistently to organize my photos, even more than folder structure, although that's part of my organization. Um, the collections are the thing that I like the best because it can, you're, a single photo can end up in multiple collections, whereas with folder structure, it's only in one spot, or at least it should be. You don't want all that data duplicated everywhere. 
Absolutely Any, right. Anyway, so so that's what I would do for marking your best photos. I, I have and maintain a top 10 collection that I add to throughout the entire year. Every year in January, I go create a brand new top 10 collection. And then through the year, as I'm doing my processing, if I, if I come across one of the photos that I think is worthy or maybe worthy to be in my top 10 of that year or that I'd like to add to my portfolio online, then I throw it in that collection. And then in December, I go through all of those and there's usually between 20 and 50 photos that end up in there. There's not that many that I go in there, but they're all my favorite children. <laughs> they're my favorites and uh, I have a really hard time choosing, but that's an exercise I like to go through in December to pick between those 20 and 50 photos to get down to the actual 10 best shots that I took through the year. And, uh, and I find, so not only does that help me decide what, what are the very best shots I should stick out on my portfolio on my site, but it also helps me to improve year over year. I can see, I can look back at my shots from 2013, 2014, a few years ago and look at my progress and see, wow, you know, those shots that were my top, top shots in 2013, 2014, they really weren't that great compared to what I'm getting now. Yeah. Or, or you can say, oh, that's I'm not making much progress and I need to figure out how to step this up a little bit more. How do I improve my photography from here? So that would be kind of my suggestion. Rather than trying to look for which ones you've exported, um, using collections and, and do a top 10. It's really easy to even make like a, a target collection. So you can be using uh, a collection that you're, you're using for other purposes or whatever, and just make like maybe your target collection, the top 10. So you don't even have to leave your workflow or what you're working on to throw one in there. You can just right click and, and have it go to the target collection and move on. So really simple way to, to be able to do that. That's kind of how I do my workflow there. Do you use collections, Victoria? I do constantly. I think a lot of people are, are they don't understand them. Therefore they don't use them. Yeah. And, and it's a shame because they're very powerful. Yeah, I, I really love the collections. If there's anything I could, I wish I could convince photographers of doing, it would be spend a little bit more time learning collections and how to use them. Because man, when I figured that out, it really, it really made changed my the way I use Lightroom a lot. Uh, that might be back to that question about the favorite module and and how to learn it better. Yeah, learning how to use collections between library and develop would be worth spending some time on if you're looking on what module to learn next. Then just go back and and dive into that one. Yeah, okay. very good. Now to the other, the last question that we kind of came up with in the group was, what feature do you wish would be added to Lightroom, Victoria? <laughs> okay, I think I don't actually want them to add any more features at the moment. I want them to go back and finish the ones they've already added. <laughs> very good. Yes, my sentiment exactly. I'd, I'd just like them to go back, you know, fi fix a few bugs, put put in the little minor tweaks, like extra fields that you can search on in smart collections and all the little details that kind of get swept under the carpet because they have to move on to the next big feature i wish they'd do just a bug fix and tidy up release that would keep me happy yeah that's what we've been calling for on our podcast for a while too is we don't need new features adobe uh what we need is for it to improve get get a little faster get more reliable um make the features work a little better that would be really helpful. Like uh, the spot removal, that would be really nice to have that enhanced a bit further to, to bring it closer to what you can do in Photoshop because it's significantly different there. 
between yeah, us. Yeah, it's, it's completely different technology, isn't it? Because yeah. it's rather than working on pixels, it's just rerunning text instructions. Right. So it's always going to be a little bit different. But right, yeah, right. there's certainly room for improvement. Yeah. So the feature I wish they'd add is I, I wish, the, and this one seems like it'd be really super simple. Um, add a checkbox somewhere, some some kind of place where we can say, don't use the original photos for a little bit and rely, yeah. rely on the smart previews. I've been calling that turbo mode and turbo I've been begging mode, yes. for that since smart previews were created and, and I don't seem to be winning so far. So yeah, <laughs> please just everyone go and vote on that feature request. Okay, so that, that's a good, uh, good thing. How do people do that? Okay, so there's a website called feedback.photoshop.com and on there are all of the bug reports uh, that have been reported by the public and a load of feature requests. And if you sign in with your Adobe ID, you can add comments and questions to existing posts or you can put in your own um, new feature requests or bugs. And there's a little vote button. And the more votes people, uh, more votes that different bug reports and feature requests get, the more likely it is to get dealt with. Okay. And, and the same for uh, problems. If you've got a problem, you know, I get into the, because of this podcast and how we talk um, down to a very technical level frequently, I get a lot of people on the Facebook group saying, hey, I've got this very, very specific problem that's going on. What do I do about it? And I, I understand why they are. It's because these are photographers. They're not usually people who understand the technology very in depth. And so, so they don't know where to go. And when they hear our podcast and they, they hear some advice, then they think, well, maybe I can get some help with my problem on the Facebook group. And and sometimes I, I have the time and knowledge to go and do that. But other times, all I'm doing is taking their problem and I'm searching in the, <laughs> the that, that feedback group or page and, and I go find the other people who have had the same problem and some advice, often Victoria's advice is right there <laughs> to say what to do with the problem. And, uh, and I just kind of am a, a middleman in between um, the Facebook group and that site. So I'm, I'm really encouraging people, if you have a specific technical problem, go over to that, that uh, site. It's feedback.photoshop.com, right? Yep, yeah. that's right. And, and then you can search for your problem. And you just, it, it's really easy to be able to use it. Um, I don't, you don't need to go hang out in the forums like I do. <laughs> no. I, go there, I go there frequently just to have, um, you know, the capability of being kind of an early warning system <laughs> with, with, uh, any potential problems that may be out there from a release or a, an OS update that may impact Lightroom or Photoshop. So I, I'll, I'll keep doing that. And I, I think that's a very valuable thing for people. They don't need to spend every day over there, but if you've got a very specific challenge going over there is good. Uh, I haven't actually voted on features, so that's something I need to spend a, a little bit more time thinking about. Yeah, that. definitely go do that because it does have an impact does it? of, I, I think in the last release, so Lightroom 6, the top three were face recognition and HDR and being able to brush away the gradients. Those yeah, are the three that. feature requests that had the, the most votes and they all got into the last release. So Adobe do take that into account when they're working out what they're going to do next. Okay, very good. Okay, so another question I didn't have on our show notes that I'm going to just throw at you. Mm -hmm. um, do you get to have an opportunity to talk to Adobe uh, and give any feedback or input into kind of what they're doing? Yes. Yes, I do. Uh, which is which is a lovely position. They don't always listen, but <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> but yes, yes, I do get to talk to them direct, which is great because you learn 
kind of how things are supposed to work rather than how they necessarily do. Uh Um, And you can sometimes adjust the thinking very slightly, but then you also get to understand why they're doing things the way they are. And when, when we hear of feature requests that we think, oh yeah, that must be really easy. And then they explain why it's not so easy. (laughs) Uh, It's, it's useful to get both sides of things. Okay. Yep. So turbo mode, I like that one. I'm going to go, I'm going to make sure to go and vote for that one. Yeah. Is it called turbo mode out there on the website? I can't remember. It it might be something like if you searched on smart previews offline or something like that, it's probably on there. Ah, that would be so handy. Just yes. Something simple in like the develop module to just click a button and now I'm using smart previews would be so great. There you go. We'll start a campaign for turbo mode. Ah, yes, that would be awesome. <laughs> All right, Victoria, anything else that you'd like to share with our listeners before we wrap up this episode? Uh, nothing specific, I don't think so. Thank you very much for having me. Uh, it was so fun to talk with you. I learned a lot, actually. Don't good. cancel if the photos are in, in flight. That's uh, that's a good thing to know. Yes. Okay. Well, that's <laughs> it for the episode today. Thanks, Victoria, again for joining me. Had a great time nerding out about Lightroom. <laughs> hey, listeners, make sure you check out Victoria's website, lightroomqueen.com. Uh, I always encourage you to check out our other podcasts too. There's on the Improved Photography Network. There's Portrait Sessions, Tripod, and Improved Photography. I'm on Improved Photography occasionally. Every couple of weeks I get over there and we go in a roundtable discussion about Lightroom and all kinds of other photo um, kind of tips and tricks. Uh, also make sure to t- take some time. None of these podcasts will be possible without improvephotography.com. Got updates a lot about news, gear, and other photo tip articles coming out all the time. It is the best way to improve your photography. Views expressed on this program by independent host guests and callers do not necessarily reflect their views of improved photography LLC or its advertisers. Some links mentioned on this program are affiliate links where a commission is earned. Olay!